0: Welcome to the Property Deal Finance Podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to raise the money needed for property development and investment. Whether you're looking to buy properties at auction, convert commercial properties into flats or buy land to develop or anything in between, this podcast will teach you how to raise the finance you need to achieve your property goals. Join our host, Matthew Wiseman, director at The Money Hub, as he shares expert information covering bridging finance, buy-to-let mortgages, and development finance, plus he'll be joined by experienced industry professionals sharing their knowledge. So whether you're an experienced property developer or someone just starting out, this show is your roadmap to help you make money from property.
1: Hi right, so today we'll be talking about bridging finance and uh, in detail we'll be talking about and really focusing on non-regulated bridging loans so these loans are not covered by the financial conduct authority the fca uh, and people you know property developers property investors you know they use bridging loans as a facility um you know to help purchase properties raise money on properties Uh, Ultimately, with a goal to making money from property. Uh, So, it is a business venture. So, we'll be going through today, um, you know, why use Bridging Finance, um, how the monthly payment strategy is. So, we refer to this as rolled up uh, payments or service payments. So, we'll go into detail about what that is. Um, We're talking about sort of the refurbishment classification. So, you know, we call this lightworks or heavy. Um, heavy works to a property so what does that mean exactly in detail Uh, we'll go through some examples of bridging finance you know one with rolled monthly payments and one with serviced monthly payments you can see clearly the difference between the two Um, and we'll be talking about why exit strategy is so 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 key um, and any additional consideration points as well so the first thing is, is you know why do we see people use bridging finance so one of the main reasons is speed so let's just say for example you've bought a property at auction and you need to complete within 28 days which is a traditional uh, property auction now a traditional mortgage will generally not be able to go through in that time frame so therefore bridging finance is suited and will be able to help you complete on the transaction within that time period um, so that's certainly an example there let's say for example another uh, situation where you're maybe you're selling a property and you're buying a new one but your buyer has pulled out of the property you're selling so therefore you need to um, you're short of money to complete on the purchase or well, bridging finance could that maybe step in uh, and be a solution for yourself so you therefore can complete on the purchased uh, complete on the purchase while you're selling your property still um another reason for bridging finance is a property is in say poor condition so we know this as uninhabitable properties so let's say properties that have got no kitchen no bathroom a lot of damp issues etc uh needs complete renovation these type of properties you know you can't normally get a standard mortgage on but a bridging lender would be happy to provide uh, funds to allow you to purchase the property and make the renovations that are needed Uh, another example of a bridging loan being useful is buying a property that's got a short-term lease on it so let's just say for example you want to buy a flat that's maybe only got 40 years left on the lease Um, you know bridging finance would allow you to buy that property Um, And generally what the idea would be is you'd buy the property, then you negotiate with the freeholder um, to extend the lease. Let's say, for example, you get the lease extended to 100 years and there's probably a cost involved for that as well. Um, And then once you actually have got a long term uh, lease in place, um, it then would become available to more traditional types of lending. And another reason for bridge and finance is extensive renovations are needed. So let's just say, for example, uh, you know, you want to buy a commercial property with the intention of converting that into residential accommodation, flats, for example. Uh, You may want to take a house uh, and convert that into a HMO type property uh, where there's multiple tenants living within the property so again when you're making these sort of quite extensive renovations bridging finance lenders are more than happy to support you in them Um, let's just focus now on the payment strategy so the most common one we see is where the monthly interest payments are rolled up into the loan so with this type of, of borrowing you typically get a bit less money day one from the lender because the monthly interest every month is added into the loan itself. Um, so we call this being rolled up uh, into the loan. So every month you make, every month a payment is due, but you don't make the payment, it's actually added into the loan. So the borrowing amount, the debt you have increases every month. And then when you actually do go to pay off the debt, let's say for example, you're gonna sell the property, you then pay off the total debt that you owe. So that'll be the debt, debt you owe will be the the amount you initially borrowed plus the fees plus all the interest that's been rolled up into the loan you'll pay that off on completion so that's that's where you roll up the monthly payments the other option is if you want to service the monthly payments yourself so you know a monthly payment is due uh, every month and you make that payment yourself so in a sense the debt itself that you're borrowing does not increase because you're paying the interest every month now if you do choose to go down that route and make the monthly payments yourself um, we have to do a bit more due diligence on that just to make sure that um, it is affordable so we do a full income and a expenditure assessment to make sure you actually can afford you know to make these monthly payments uh, but say we commonly see property developers opt in for the monthly payments to be rolled into the loan Uh, And they pay the debt off on completion or on final redemption when they actually uh, redeem the loan completely. Um, So let's just touch upon now the type of works that we see. So, you know, we see light refurbishment is one area. Um, You know, that is typically where you see sort of decorative cosmetic works being done to a property, such as, you know, let's say you're going to get a new kitchen, a new bathroom, a re-plaster, new windows, that would all come under light refurbishment um, and heavy refurbishment is typically more structural works so let's say loft conversions a back and a side extension property conversions such as splitting a house into flats that would all come under heavy refurbishment now why, why, why does it matter so ultimately heavy refurbishment products will have a higher interest rate when compared to light refurbishment products so it does have an impact on the interest rate that you'll be charged for borrowing the money so let's now just work through an example um, of where you're looking to buy a property and the monthly payments are going to be rolled into the loan so let's just say you've got a purchase price of three hundred and pound and in this example here the lender will give you day one net 67% of the property value. So that's an amount of £234,368. Okay, Um, there are lender arrangement fees, uh, just over £5,000. We've got an example interest rate here of 0.89% per month. And so that interest is being rolled into the loan. Uh, We've also got lender legal fees here of £900 added into the loan. And we're going to take the example of over a 12-month period. So ultimately, in this situation, you're going to get lent to yourself 67% of the property value. So therefore, you need to put down a deposit of 33%. And the amount you're getting net day one, you've then got all the fees being added to that. And you've got the monthly interest payment as well being added to that. So if you did keep it for the full 12 months, the total gross loan that you would owe at the end of 12 months is £267,750, which is 76.5% of the initial purchase price. So that is an example there of what you would get day one with this type of bridging loan, with the monthly payments being rolled into the loan and what the debt would roughly be at the end of 12 months. So, but one of the things I would say with a lot of bridging loans is that as much as you have like a 12 month term, it may well be that you actually only need money for, say, six months. It may well be you buy a property, you can do a refurbishment on that property and you get it straight on the market. And maybe all being well, after six months, you can redeem this loan. So with a lot of them, there's no early redemption fee is payable. So just to give you an example here, like if you was to borrow um, in this example here, 234000 Um, £368 day one. If you were to borrow that figure day one and look to redeem the loan after six months, I would estimate you would owe around about £253,361 around that sort of figure because you've only paid interest for the six months you've actually had the loan for. So let's now just compare this to a second example um, but this time is actually where you're going to be making the monthly payments yourself this is your service in the payments per month so the purchase price again is 350 but in this example the amount of money the lender will give you day one is actually 75 percent of the property value so in this example is two hundred sixty one thousand pound so between the two examples as the monthly payment you're going to be making those payments, you're actually going to get an extra just over £27,000 day one from the lender. Um, now, also you have got the lender's arrangement fees are going to be added to the loan. You've also got the lender legal fees are going to be added to the loan as well. Um, and if you're getting charged an interest rate, an example rate of 0.89% per month, which is monthly payments, about £2,382 a month. Because you're making that monthly payment uh, every month, the debt is not increasing. So, you know, let's just say, for example, if you did have um, that loan for a period of just six months um, or if you had it for 12 months, you know, the estimated redemption figure would be around about £267,750. So this is basically the amount of money you're getting day one which is the net amount you're getting to start off with Um, and then you've got the lender fees on top of that you've also got the legal fees plus I've added in a few sort of admin fees and uh, telegraphic transfer fees as well Um, but as you can see you know in this example here you are getting a lot more more day one but that's because you're making the monthly payments on it and the debt is not increasing so that's there just give you an example between the two um, whether the payments are being added and rolled into the loan or whether you're making the monthly payment yourself. Now, I just want to mention here as well. There obviously there are additional fees payable. So you've got valuation fees; they will be payable, you know, payable front. You've also got legal fees as well. This, this is your own legal fees, um, and any sort of broker application fees, etc., might be charged as well. Now, it's another point to mention here as well is let's just say, for example, you've got a property you're looking to buy, refurbish and then sell. Um, Possibly, you know, you might have the money uh, yourself to put together towards the deposit, but maybe you need help with the actual refurbishment cost as well. So depending on the scheme, depending on how much work needs to be done and what the final sale value would be, there's a possibility that a lender could possibly give you. Up to a hundred percent of the refurbishment costs as well now these are paid uh, generally these are paid in stages and in arrears okay so I just thought i'd mention that as well because that can be a real handy facility uh, for some people on the right projects so just want to talk to you now about exit strategy so it's important that before any applications are made you're very confident in the exit strategy uh, for the bridging loan and i would be sort of asking yourself just to sort of cover off these points, you know, what if the final end value is less than you estimate now? You know, if it was downvalued a bit, does the whole transaction still work for you? You know, generally with a bridging loan, you want to finish the property, get it done, get it on the market, and get it sold quickly. So if you don't quite reach the final end value that you will want, and it is a bit less than that, you know, how would that impact the figures? Does it still work as a viable transaction overall? Um, and if you are looking to, you know take the property and then go it on and move it on to like a buy to let mortgage you know i would just again just throw a few questions to yourself you know what if the final value is less than initially estimated what if the rental income comes in a bit less um, you know, what if the interest rates do increase a bit? Will it still work? Just sort of run through um, some examples in your head to make sure the figures do work. A bit of a contingency, I suppose, really, um, just to make sure you cover all the bases, really. So that's certainly key, and we'd go through a lot of information with you on that. Uh, additional considerations. At uh, the first point here is around tax advice. You know, you can purchase a property in your sole name, as a limited company, a, uh, an LLP as well. Um, the key here is that you get tax advice from a, a tax advisor. Um, you know, we, we say to everyone before you go for an application, go get the tax advice. Make sure you purchase any asset in the most suitable um, structure for yourself that suits your situation. So get property tax advice. That's really important. Um, secondly, it's worth noting here that, you know, most lenders um, will want personal guarantees uh, from yourself. So just um, just be aware of that, that they will be required. Um, you know, there can be situations where maybe personal guarantees uh, would not be needed for the full amount or, or not needed, but that's in situations depending upon, you know, your experience, the project itself, how much you're borrowing, uh, also how much you're borrowing versus the actual property value, etc. But in most cases, most lenders will want personal guarantees. Um, and finally here, You know, your solicitor, your conveyancer, um, it's certainly worth working with someone in that area who has had previous experience in dealing with bridging loan um, cases. Okay. So, because you have to be really on the, on the front foot with these type of transactions because normally there's a time deadline to work towards and it's important that everyone's really sort of proactive so yeah so just sort of bear those additional uh, points in play really um but say i just want to sort of go through this sort of presentation with yourself hopefully give you a bit more information about bridging loans and i hope that's been helpful and i'll see you in the next episode thank you
0: If you'd like more information or have a property deal that you'd like to discuss your finance options for, head over to our website themoneyhub.co.uk where you can submit an inquiry form and schedule a callback. For further expert knowledge, make sure you subscribe to stay updated with every new episode.